welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. This week, I'm so excited because we have Elizabeth Kyle on the show, who you may have heard on shows like Bloody Good Horror or the Zombie Girls podcast or even Plug It Up. It was so nice to sit down with Elizabeth and hear her stories about how she got into horror through books, her stories about growing up in a haunted house, and how she's introducing her young daughter to horror. She also gets deeply personal and talks about how horror basically saved her life. You do not want to miss this episode. But one last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes or Spotify yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into this episode with Elizabeth Kyle. Hey, Elizabeth, how are you? Hey, I am good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks so much for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. So I am a 38-year-old lady horror fan that basically the reason I'm lucky enough to get to do any of this fun stuff and talk about it with people is because I have awesome friends that all have amazing projects like your own here. So I met a lot of folks through the Bloody Good Horror Slack online community that ended up having just lots to say and and do with the horror community and have invited me to sort of play in their sandbox. But yeah, it's been awesome. I am otherwise a mother of one young daughter. She's four and I do hair for my day job. Awesome. So first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Okay. I knew you were going to ask this and I thought about it (laughs) and I think I try, I, you'll learn pretty quickly in conversating with me. I overthink pretty much everything and I have to keep it simple and just go with like my gut answer, which is scream. That is my favorite horror movie. It is I mean, there's so many answers to like what got you into horror, I think, depending on like what time of my life I was like getting back into it. But that that was the one that was, I think, my cultural and like, like real sort of like, okay, I'm part of this community because I'm so obsessed with the feeling that when it's really fun and really well done, the horror generates that. Yeah, that one, that one hooked me for the rest of my adolescence. Awesome. Same, same with me. So I love that mm-hmm. answer. Um, I think we're, we're very similar age. Yes. we. Um, yes. <laughs> what did you think of Scream 5? You know, okay. So when I'm a fan of something, I, I just forgive a lot. I don't look for mistakes. I'm not super <laughs> critical. Like I'm sort of theirs to lose when it comes to fan service and especially horror movies. So, I mean, I kind of dug it and like, I'm, I'm here for whatever they have to bring I already was a fan of In the Heights Melissa Barrera Is I think right? yeah I think that's her last I name. love her I know that there was some controversy in the horror community over whether she did service to the the role and like being the new final girl for screen but I think she did a really good job and yeah I was I'm a fan I love Jenna Ortega is that yep. that was her younger sister yeah. in the film so she's a new sort of up-and-coming scream queen too that I'm, I, I'm liking her and everything I've seen her in too. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. What yeah. about you? Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. Oh, um, good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the one part of Melissa Barrera's performance that I really had a problem with was when they're in the hospital and they tell, and she tells Jenna Ortega her secret. I was yeah. like, I was like, I do not believe 
your emotion right now. Yeah, that that scene is kind of yeah. I'll give you that. But it's a little rough. Yeah, but Jenna Ortega is amazing, and she's mm-hmm. been in so much this year. Yeah, she really has. She's done an awesome job. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? So I definitely came to the horror genre through books. At a pretty young age, I was perfect age for like the R.L. Stein naissance, like the just he, you know, he was writing stuff in like I think late as early as the late 80s, but got popular with the Goosebumps series after everybody sort of knew who he was through that. I think a lot of people rediscovered the YA pulp fiction that he did earlier even than Goosebumps. And then he did continue to write the Fear Street and the sort of teen scream genre in fiction. So those were slasher light. They were very like his YA was real intro horror, like just think like the craft reboot, but like even more, I don't know, parents in my school had problems with them because they were very like lascivious covers, let's say. (laughs) There'd be like girls and in bikinis and like midnight kiss and it'd be like blood going down to her collarbone but like often no one even like went to the pool in that book like they would just get people to draw these covers that were like (laughs) saucy but they definitely were a stepping stone I would say I realized I liked genre fiction through those books and then immediately was just begging my mom to let me read all her Stephen King that they had in this very large bookshelf where my mom's rule was if I could reach it, I could read it. So I think she had planned to organize it in some manner that like put age appropriate stuff out of the way. Flash forward a year later and I'm like reading Gerald's game furiously at the age of like 11 on the way to Florida. Like what is the world? This is insane. But she, yeah, she had all the best intentions. She is another definite source to cite for my love of horror. She's just really into all things like witchy and spooky, loves Halloween, definitely, whether intentionally or not, raised spooky heads. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love that. What did you say? If you can reach it, you can read it? Yeah. That's, so it was awesome. so tall. I was short for so long. She could have taken great advantage of that. I don't think, I think half the plan was executed in the other organizational half, maybe not so much, but props. And it's a, I, I plan to use that one day. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I've never read any Stephen King. I'm a little bit scared too. I just I don't like being scared when I read. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Because if you're seeing something on screen, you know what it looks like. But if right. you're reading it, you can make it up. You That's can make right. it as terrible as you want. It's to. a much more vulnerable experience in that way. That like it takes your own like everything that's already inside of your own head and makes yeah. it like the scary stuff. So I have to be in a braver mood to read than to watch. But reading does scare me easier. So if you're chasing that high, like that feeling like a lot of us horror fans do, it's a sure way for me to be able to like just reach for something, especially like a short or a novella, which horror authors often do. Man, those can fucking get me. Like Stephen King's especially, <laughs> like they're in the tall grass. I never did watch the adaptation because that short was so, it just messed me up. I was pregnant when I read it, but oh yeah, go read that if you want like just a real sick to your stomach feeling of of like, this is horrific. Yeah. <gasps> maybe, maybe I will. Um, I don't know. I I have a book of stor- like stories about haunted places in the US that I got years oh, ago. Oh, I love that stuff too. I like, I love reading. I love listening to podcasts about haunted places Same. around the world. But when I tried reading this, I could get through like maybe a couple pages a night before I was like, Nope, I want to go to sleep tonight. Well, so. like, so Eric and I are watching all these just like haunting <laughs> investigators of America on like any streaming platform yeah. we can. We started watching it around like right before Halloween because Netflix had served some new 28 Days Haunted. That's it. Yeah. 
And so we watched that and we're like, this is kind of the best ever and have been trying to like find them since and then have quite hit the mark. That, that was good. I don't know if you watched that, the 28. I want to watch it, days but it I was, haven't watched it. was it. very entertaining. There's this one demonologist. Oh boy, he is quite a character. But yeah, I grew up in a house that, I mean, like if it wasn't haunted, there was somebody living in the walls, like spoiler alert for the boy, the boy <laughs> style. And like the police, the Memphis Police Department even told us that. I heard an MPD officer tell my mother they had been called out several points at this time when I was like seventh grade, probably. Ma'am, you know, either somebody's living in your attic or this place is haunted. And I was just like, okay, stop. Like already weird shit happens just all the time. It's like, a, it is like a movie. Like it literally, we would be watching like these shows we're talking about. My mom and I sitting, <laughs> eating popcorn on, on our couch in our haunted house, watching the TV. And she'd be like, I just don't understand why these people stay here. And I was like, mom, are you like for seriously? Okay. This house is so haunted. I can barely breathe. It is so crazy. The stuff that happened in that house. Yeah, oh my, it really was. Oh my God. I want to know so much more. About I know, that. There are stories, lots, and maybe for another podcast, but they're fascinating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. People there. It's how I've gotten invited back on podcasts before, I will say, is I've told bits <gasps> of this story, Zombie Girls, I'm talking to you, that I think I got asked back on for part two. So we'll see. Awesome. I'll have to go find part one so I can mm-hmm. listen to it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if my house, house had been haunted growing up. I like would have slept in the yard I don't know well my brother wouldn't sleep in his room he spent six years there sleeping on the couch in the living room and moving all his stuff back in his room after he would get up in the morning because (gasps) it was in his room and like I can attest to that because it was in my room and then it moved into his when he hit like paranormal magnet age which is like they say teenagers attract especially like just like disrupted spirits more commonly than not so yeah I researched heavily in my teens (laughs) Well, I'm sure it kept you in the library and out of Well, in our Catholic school library for as <laughs> stay away from demons as they claim to be had so many books about them that <laughs> I was yeah. able to like really round out my knowledge at a young age of paranormal happening. So yeah. yeah. I'm really shocked that the police weren't like, oh, let us go check to make sure there's no one living in that. In they the did. So they oh, did. Okay. That was the thing. They were familiar enough <clears throat> with the house. Like they had come in. This was probably the third time my mom had called them. Because it sounded like a full-grown man was just, like, running the length of our half-finished attic, which had, like, a TV room. Like, we would we would go up there sometimes, not so much, like, later. But my parents had, like, a two-by-four that they kept on the door up against the wall to where, like, you can't open the door. And we'd always be like, what's that for? And they'd be like, I don't know. We definitely don't believe in ghosts, but I, don't, I can't really answer you for what that's for. <laughs> and it did. It would sound like, like Jason Voorhees was, like, running the length of the entire attic and my mom would like run in my room and be like where's your brother and he'd be playing newscaster in there with me and my friend or whatever and we'd be like we're being nerds and she's like okay calling the police so that happened a couple of times they came they did a sweep like we're like standing in the bottom of the house one time standing on the front lawn like i had like my robe on just like totally surreal and then being like all right yes it's safe to go back and we go back inside and like second third time it happened that guy was like Cause my mom's just like beside herself. Like she got a priest out there to like bless. I mean, it was a whole Amityville, like <laughs> top to bottom, but yeah, it's wild, man. I don't know. Oh. Cause I believe in, I believe. Yeah. I don't, I've never had any ghost experiences apartment. If you hear me, I don't right. want any. I want to keep it that way. But <laughs> I mean, I think it's like fun to believe. I don't mean, 
I don't it know. It is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even as somebody who like, I don't know, like we watch these shows and I still get upset when I think they're faking. And Eric's like, you believe all of this like sincerely. And I'm like, I do, but I don't believe these <laughs> shysters. Like I don't believe anybody here is hearing anything. So I'm still a skeptic, I would say, but I do. It's a lot of fun <laughs> knowing what's out there. So your current home, is that any any weird goings on there? As they would say on 28 Days Haunted, the energy is really light and I don't feel a heaviness. No, it's it all brings clear to me now. Please continue to stay that way. I have like saged the room, you know, just yeah. very minimal witchy things to keep demons out of my actual house. But yeah, yeah, we're all good so far. Awesome. Yeah. I just saged my apartment today because I was saging some new tarot cards. Yeah. So. Oh, yes. I think I did know that you were into tarot as well. Yeah. yeah that's fun. <laughs> All right. So back on track. Why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? Well, okay. So one thing I think it did for me, which was, I mean, just, I don't know that I'm overstating to say like it saved my life. When I was preteens, definitely teens, but really it was started like the real like pinnacle of this in my life, which is kind of rare, I believe, for this to be the more active part of your life for this to happen. But I was diagnosed with OCD and had just wildly intrusive thoughts that were like Maria Bamford is a comedian that if you aren't familiar with what like the ruminations and intrusive thoughts that have to do with OCD can be, she just does like amazing stand up to sort of illuminate it because you you will tell somebody like, no, this is what I think. I'm just going to quote her because it's I feel like she's done this for this reason. She's like, no, I don't just think about like, oh, what if I drove off this bridge right now? Or what if I stood up in church and screamed like those weird th junk thoughts? You think like, what would my best friend look like chopped up on a Caesar salad? Like just things come in your mind that make you from a young age think like I must be a serial killer, right? Like that. What else is that? But it's like a scratch in a record that like it deepens each time you're going around like trying to get it out and trying to. So the obsessive nature of obsessive compulsive disorder keeps that like going around in your brain for so long that you can't it's you physically can't stop it. I remember telling my mom that I used to imagine I mean. I'll just speak out for mental health here because it's it is I, I still fight the urge to be like don't talk about it because it's so disturbing but I used to imagine my brother in a car accident when he was like five six seven and finally would start talking to my mom about it and be like you know I, I'm now having like nightmares about it and like it's like I the more I try not to imagine it the more vivid it gets and it was around that time that I read Gerald's Game was one of the first ones that I remember like just being burned in my brain, the gore in that book and thinking, like, I remember like asking my parents about Stephen King and being like, so he's alive and well and married and has a dog. Okay. This, this is just his employment writing this crap. Like other people see shit like this in their head. They have to, to write about it, like to have movies about it for there to be teams of people dedicated to the special effects. Like that has to be something other people have experienced and gone on to lead normal productive lives with and you know through much therapy and many years later I am able to dismiss those thoughts in a way that make them not controlling but you know from ages like nine to twelve that was not the case and it, it was very heartening honestly to find something beyond R.L. Stein, like actual gore and to to know that there is a curiosity and interest in the darkness that doesn't represent evil because again, I grew up Catholic, so things were for a very long time presented in a pretty black and white manner, I would say, as it comes to the purpose of entertainment, what is good and evil, yeah. et cetera. I love that. Thank you for sharing that story and for normalizing yeah. mental health struggles. 
So. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. So what scares you today in film and in real life? Okay. So I hadn't thought about it a ton until recently. Plug it up. Shout out to our girl, Caitlin, did an episode about, I think it was her episode on The Watcher, which is fabulous. That freaks the hell out of me. That like stalker horror. It's not just slasher. Like I've been running back to my door from dropping the garbage at the curb since I can remember to practice to be like, if Michael Myers were slow stalking me, like I could, I could get out of his way. But that like modern real person stalker like is present in some really awesome movies from recent past. Like that is terrifying. And because of the internet and technology, I feel like it's so possible and so probable that I can't sit with that too long without feeling uncomfortable. And it's part of what I think keeps me at a distance with really interacting with social media in a way that I see some of my young peers doing. I don't know. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. It's definitely very scary with the internet. It's why I never use my last name with anything online. So I totally get that. But now I've only watched one episode of The Watcher. So oh, now, see, I keep doing this. They are both great. I love Ryan Murphy. Oh, you um, think the, wa- you, the, the movie I'm Watcher? Saying the wa- yes, Watcher yes, I'm talking. With, with Micah Monroe. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Yes. It's that. very hard because they're popular at the same time. <laughs> and I like to just like add and delete articles mm-hmm. at random. So yes, I've I've suggested both to many people, meaning one or the other, watch yeah. both. But yes, that film is, Yeah. It's very well done. Yeah, I really like it. And doppelgangers. That's another thing that's always, like, freaked me out. Mm, Doppelgangers. The movie Enemy is a really good one that deals with that, with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a, I can't speak French well enough to, who did Dune? You know who I'm talking about? Denis Denis Villeneuve. I don't know. Somebody will know and be like, no, that's not correct to you. Let's see. Villeneuve. 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 I think that's it. I took six years of French. I should know. Well, but... he's very good at what he does. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So like you said, you're a regular contributor on podcasts like Bloody Good Horror and Plug It Up. How'd you get involved with those shows? So I listened to Bloody Good Horror for years, like many people out in podcast land. They, you know what I mean when I say like they were, they were friends with me long before they knew I existed. I talked about them like I knew them in real life, like people in my life knew about this podcast and knew the hosts by first name because I referenced them enough, like just totally a nerd. I would not listen to an episode unless I had seen the movie. So there were a very good amount that I skipped because I couldn't get to the theater or whatever. There was just constantly a supply, either like a back catalog or new episodes for me to listen to. And so I'd listen to them as I'd watch the movies. And uh, there's probably still some I could go back and... (laughs) listen to now but so it's one of my like an early listener to podcast and that was one of my favorites for just the whole time I I really got into podcasts and I tried a few horror ones at the beginning and they just stuck it I just felt very at home in the conversation that bloody good horror had about the movies and you know themselves and just pop culture so during the pandemic my therapist she advised me really it was homework. It was not like I, she asked me a few times, like, did you do this? And I, cause I told her, I was like, there's this thing. I don't know. Like I was very hesitant to let me back up. I was very hesitant to join Slack. They kept talking about it and promoting it. Like I was a Patreon and I wanted to hang out with like the community that they kept talking about and that was growing so quickly with the pandemic. 
but I was really nervous. Like I just get social anxiety even when you're not really stepping into a room to enter this space that I knew other people felt protective of or already inhabited or, you know, just just normal, awesome, lovely anxiety. It's the just greatest group of people. I pop in and out now just because life is so crazy. But um, and my daughter is getting older and soccer and dance and stuff is just like keeping us busy. But Slack is it's a wonderful community. I definitely encourage any of your listeners to check out Bloody Good Horror and consider joining. That's how I met you. Mm-hmm. And just like a ton of my friends that I collaborate with now on a regular basis, Eric of BGH and I do produce music together. I do voice work for him. On, oh, that's me on your bumper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought so. I saw yeah, yeah. that you had done some music with him and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's her voice. It, it is indeed. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. It's just, it's fun to so much, like, I feel like a little later in life for me, find a group of people I feel so connected to over such a strange thing and such a thing that I have felt such sort of like negative feelings around in the past for it to be not only like normalized, but like celebrated as a place to really connect and be vulnerable is just a really super cool thing I never considered would come with liking horror anything. So I'm glad for it and welcome it at any stage in life. I just love that people so much younger than us are getting the benefit of this from such an early age and and are finding groups and pockets where they're accepted regardless of their interest or orientation. You know, there's a place for everybody. Everyone's welcome. It's just cool to see the world moving in that direction in some places. Cool to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. I joined the BGH Slack when I was like, I want to know more horror people. And then it was just a whole plethora of people. Well, right, because they're I'm I'm sure there is a local horror community in Memphis. It's a pretty cool happening city, but I have been loving horror in this city for, you know, 30 years and have not ever stumbled upon an invitation to like a thing like, oh, the Richland, they have a horror club, the RVA horror club that Caitlin has talked about before. That sounds amazing. And I would love to start, you know, if I had the time here, but if you don't have time to like go out physically and find that that type of like community and support, it's just, it's really neat to see that there is that online that, you know, it's just as fleshed out and just as real and makes just as real connections as standing in a room with somebody. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely. What have been your favorite movies that you've covered on either podcasts or zombie oh, girls? Oh, you are asking me to remember things. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so I'm trying to remember which ones I've reviewed on Bloody Good Horror because I have my top of the year. Did I talk about... Well, okay, so I know I did Candyman on BGH, which I really did like the remake. Yeah. Um, I wasn't on Barbarian. That's been my favorite of, like, sometime. Yeah. Well, I d- okay, so Hellbender on Zombie Girls. We okay, talked cool. about that. That's one of my new favorites. And the Addams Family, just pretty much everything they've done, I'm a huge fan of. I got a shout out on the director's cut, More Deadly, Zombie Girls podcast from Sarah Adina Smith, the director and writer of Midnight Swim, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, cool. Which was super neat. Carrie, Unplug It Up is one of my very formative favorites. I've been very lucky. I've been able to talk about some really amazing movies with just some awesome people. So like we were talking about before we started recording, I know you have a daughter. Do you plan yes. on trying to introduce her to horror when she's old enough? Oh my, I couldn't stop it with a freight train. <laughs> she came out just screaming for anything spooky. Like I wondered, like 
I knew I wasn't going to be one of those parents that was buying Dracula onesies and just really leaning into it from a very early age. I really wanted to create as blank a slate for her as I could as far as, you know, who she was going to be and what she was going to be into. And I mean, they just see what you do. So I get it that like she comes into my to her mother's room and it's like, well, I mean, it's like the birds. Like she's asking me all these questions about who's that lady? What's this? Why don't the birds want to be your friend? We have like a Jaws poster in the living room. So she's not scared. She, she calls every shark we ever encounter for any reason, Bruce, including the one that she chose to be on her shower curtain because of the shark in Jaws. She absorbed a lot that I didn't realize was going to go straight (laughs) into her brain in a way. Like, she's just so smart, it's startling. But she, on her own, comes out of stacks in the library with, like, books that, I mean, they're age-appropriate. They're, I'm sure, aimed at, like, a little older than her, but called, like, The Zombie Problem or The Haunted Library. And, like, I skim them and make sure we're dealing with something age-appropriate. And if we are, I read it and... So quickly it became normal to her for if she's asking me to tell her story, it means a ghost story. Like it never means a normal story. (laughs) And thankfully I've been watching some old Are You Afraid of the Dark on, I think it's, what is it, Paramount Plus that you can stream that? That does not hold up and I unabashedly love it. It's horrible. But I'm like full of just dumb, silly, little scary stories. We were sitting around the fire pit on Halloween night, both dressed as skeletons per her request. And she kept, as it was, we needed to go to bed. It was getting late. She's like, just tell me one story. Just tell me like two stories. And I'm like trying to think of short little, are you afraid of the dark stories? I can like just edit enough for it to be like not too scary. It's, it's funny. It's cool to share with her. And I didn't know to expect it so young, but that's just who she is apparently. Oh, one of the benefits of having a kid. I know. Yeah. To see what happens. It's just, yeah. (laughs) I always hear, not always, but like sometimes it comes up where like really little kids do super creepy things. Like they'll like say that they're playing with like a person that's hanging or something. Has she ever done anything like that that you can talk about? Okay. So no, nothing like that. I did used to nanny and have from a very young age just been primed to, to look for these things. So I've never discounted any like picture a kid is drawing and it's like them and some other kid that's not whatever like I'm always like who's this mm-hmm. tell me I believe you I will believe you she has not ever said anything like that to me what does freak the shit out of me is she sleepwalks and to be a single parent where your first thought upon waking and seeing your own child is absolute sheer terror and then immediately I have to go into the mode of like comfort like you don't want to wake them up like there's all these rules about sleepwalking and like what to do in those moments that is hard and I am it is like I am pretty famously like not affected by jump scares that I almost have a heart attack and funny enough she knows this about me not ever reacting to jump scares because she'll jump out of things all the time say boo and ask me if I was scared and I always say like do you want me to be scared and she's like yes and I'm like oh my god yeah (laughs) but so now she's on a mission to actually like get a jump scare out of me but we'll see (laughs) oh god yeah that sounds terrifying yeah yeah (laughs) I guess if parenting weren't so scary like every waking moment of the day (laughs) it would be a little more alarming you're just so wired all the time anyway but yeah Yeah. that's fine go ahead and like prank me on top of that jump out of closets yeah so you live in memphis have you ever been to any haunted spots in memphis oh yes okay so one of the coolest haunted spots in memphis the orpheum's beautiful and it's got lots of stories of this little girl that haunts it 
which I believe because it feels very strange in there. But my favorite haunted spot in Memphis is Ernestine and Hazel's, which is this really cool rundown bar downtown. And it's got an upstairs and a downstairs. It used to be a brothel. And there is a man in a black hat that like walks by the front door that you can see. I have not ever seen him, but I have been, we did a, what did we do? We didn't do like a full seance. I wouldn't have done that. Somebody brought tarot cards. We were in the the haunted room one Halloween night that they had a party there and we're like all drinking and jokingly like communicating with the spirits or whatever, which I know better than to do this shit. <laughs> um, and there were lots of like noises and like lights flickering and things that could be explained by millions of other explanations, but it's creepy. It's really, it's really creepy. <laughs> it's cool. I've known people to do photo shoots there and oh, the movie Elizabethtown with Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst. That part of it was filmed there in that bar. And in fact, I believe there's a special feature. I don't remember. Like, how do I know this? I remember nothing. I think there's a special feature where they're doing a making of and they interview the owner of Ernestine Hazel's about how it's purportedly haunted. And some people on the crew did experience things while they were filming there. Oh, cool. Interesting. So check it out if you come to Memphis. Ernestine and Hazel's, it's fun. And they have a really good burger if you meet. So I just Googled it and the outside of it really looks like, I I want to say I did a ghost tour when I was in Memphis a few years back. You would have hit it. We, yeah. I have to go look through the photos in my phone to see if we actually did go or if I'm yeah. confusing it with someplace in Austin. Oh, know. I'm sure you did if you did yeah. haunted Memphis. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. The Elmwood Cemetery here is also beautiful. Oh, cool. Which is supposed <laughs> to be very obviously haunted. <laughs> What's your favorite subgenre in horror? Ooh, home invasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think that can be the mark of like, it's it's so easy to do those and them not work that when they do, I think it's created some of the most like standout horror movies of the past few decades. The Strangers comes to mind as being one that just like, it's very sparse, so it's going to show you what the cast and crew and director and writer are really working with, I think. But when everybody involved is really committed and it's done well, it's so fucking effective that those are the ones that, like, burn into my brain. Like, the, is Tamara home? Like, that from that movie, I can't, like, I just, I I can't even, like, joke about it. It gives me chills. Yeah, I rewatched that, I think, for the first time since seeing it in theaters last year. And it was still really... Re- really effective but i was also like they do so much so many stupid things oh they that is a master class in like the dumbest people in the world who are in a horror movie and doing all the things that you're like yelling at the screen yeah you do have to suspend all disbelief that these people are like not just running straight out the front door at the very first sign of anything happening (laughs) but that that moment when they ask like why are you doing this and they're like because you were home yes it's so scary i know I mean, that in itself could be a two-sentence horror story, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, super good. (laughs) Uh, Who are your favorite horror directors? Okay, so I would say Karen Kusuma. Kusama. Kusama. Thank you. I always say that wrong. (laughs) Definitely one of my favorites. First Body is impeccable. The Invitation is one of my absolute favorites. That's probably going to have to... Ari Aster is up there. I'm a big Ty West 
fan. I don't love the innkeepers, never did, but I will go to battle over House of the Devil. Nice. And the sacrament's also really good, but he's just been knocking it out of the park lately, I think, with X and Pearl, both just a huge fan of both of those. Yeah, I really liked X. Pearl was a little bit too non-horror-y for me. Man, that movie uh, just struck a chord. With, like, it, I don't know who the audience is, but it's me. Like, <laughs> I love that movie and it is so weird. And I try to imagine because I do hair. So like all the time people are like, have you seen anything, Layla? Anything good? And I'm just like these like soccer moms. Like I want so bad to be like, go watch this girl fuck a scarecrow. Let me just tell you to watch this movie so you can come back <laughs> and be like, what is wrong with you? And that absolutely <laughs> has happened before. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I really enjoyed watching The Sacrament, though. That was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, let me back up. Also, is it Jill Six that did The Stylist? I have to give that movie a shout out. I love that short and that feature length. And she's she's just really cool. Let's see. Because I believe her actual last name is Gavarza. Gavarza. Oh, I have no idea right? how to pronounce this. She go, I believe her like her, her professional. Jill monitor. G. We're so okay, sorry. We, we can't yes. pronounce your last name. You're fabulous. And everybody should check out The Stylist too. Because yeah. it's beautiful and creepy. And yeah. Cheers all around on that. I need to still watch that one. Oh, it's good. So, yeah. So if you were invited to a dinner party, like the invitation, when would you have left? Oh, good question. Okay. So I am one of those people that I definitely don't think it would be that hard to get me to join a cult. I, I mean, I'd like to think differently about myself. But I'm just being real. Like, I love my mom. She is 100% would be like, I'm staying on the farm. It's nice here. And like, I was just raised with a little bit of that, like where if it seems great, maybe stay a little too long to like, just see if it's really too good to be true. And so I'd probably be in too late to like make it like it'd be I'd be in the melee of the end, I'm sure where it's like everyone out for themselves. I'm like polite to death. I would dig my own grave if somebody asked me nicely. And like you know what I mean? Like I really do. I'm just a people pleaser in the way that like, like I don't love about myself, but like it deeply hurts me to be uncomfortable and confrontational in a way that like I fear that I would just be like uh-huh okay <laughs> everything's normal like the whole time somebody is just like about to eat my foot or something I'm just like if I ignore it it's not real right like do you have any anesthesia before you eat my foot right <laughs> not gonna be fun for anyone no. so an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans why do you think that was the case i think that there is something about horror movie fans that there's like a sense of nihilism almost i think in the challenge of like a tough situation like i i figure whether they know it or not horror fans probably would do better in like those reality shows where you're like naked and afraid to like whatever you're just dropped in the middle of nowhere with nothing because there is some part of our brain and body that likes the what's coming next and what would you do and it's almost like a puzzle I feel like we've all been kind of mulling over for large portions of our life anyway consciously or not and I mean the obvious answer is we are probably not going to run into a ton of scenarios like the more seasoned fans among us that we haven't seen play out in some manner or another on screen and actually thought about before, like, what would we do? So, you know, perhaps in just some small way that gives you an advantage in an apocalyptic, let's say, situation. Definitely. That's a great answer. So how do you decide what to watch when you're just looking for a horror movie to watch? That is so hard. Man, that's, it's when I miss Cable, the days of just like scrolling and seeing Pet Cemetery 2 and being like, I didn't know that's what I was going to watch this afternoon, but... 
It is. It only sucks that like they were so heavily edited and with commercials, but that's a, there's a definite nostalgia for me about like just rolling the dice of like turning a TV on and seeing on a Sunday afternoon what scary fare is going to be offered up, which I, I will say now for comfort, I do put on Joe Bob on Shutter because that is so reminiscent of my youth growing up with like Monster Vision and Elvira. I tend to do comfort rewatches. So I... I may, I'm a very, like, I know the movies that are coming out that I'm kind of like hot about, like want to watch, make an event kind of thing. And those I like clear my schedule and I know when they're releasing and put it on the calendar and I watch it usually like the night they're available to stream. If I'm just like, I'm going to watch a movie tonight and don't know what it's going to be. It's probably going to be, you know, this is okay. I'm going to just like be, do the honest answer. I have a real soft spot for like shitty thriller type movies like The Crush or like especially from the 90s like I love Cape Fear just weird like these are all like stalker movies I'm learning so much about myself today (laughs) like every movie I'm thinking of it's like that like weird 90s like erotic thriller type of vibe where the stakes aren't too high like swim fan um yeah just like it's like of an era that is bygone enough to be like nostalgia and I know it's not going to be like a Korean scream fat like I'm not gonna wake up if I fall asleep taking a nap or something to it being like truly horrifying um it's just this like middling lane of horror that totally has its but like I can't relax and just like watch a found footage movie because to me the tension if it's well done at all the tension is just too high to like have fun while that happens but yeah yeah there's something comforting to me about like a like wild things type of like who done it really yeah, yeah that, that kind of thing that vibe are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again i okay so not because i've like made a hard decision not to but be, more because it's not been available now it is and it's presented me with the quandary of like do i watch it or no because i am a lifelong horror fan that wants to be informed and sort of have the historical context of the language of film so to speak but i have not seen and don't know if i'm going to hannibal cannibal holocaust which you know i know is divisive and controversial because of lots of things but like with the animal violence that to me is like i don't know that's a lot and i know you can watch it now edit it i believe there are versions i think even joe bob did a version where he's talking about it and it doesn't have the animal stuff i would i would probably visit that I have a very healthy fear of French exploitation, like horror, like martyrs. There's some of the irreversible is one I don't think I'll ever watch. I will absolutely never even go to the Wikipedia page again for a Serbian film. Cause that's what I that's what I do. I know there's others like me that like I feel like I'm not gonna make it through this movie to this movie at all. Like I can't deal with it. I'll go to Wikipedia and just like read the like on black and white like plot synopsis i did that for dead girl i don't know if i can ever watch that because like it just seemed so extreme because your mind like we were saying earlier fills in the gaps and my mind is bananas you guys like (laughs) it's just like what the fuck like i can't see that with my eyes i'll never be the same deliverance i've never seen because i was of an age where people made such a big deal out of that movie and you can't unsee it and that whatever that i don't know there's just some that seem like kind of like monsters in my closet that I don't know that I'll visit. Now, I am a huge Pretty Little Liars fan. And Troy and Belisario did a, an American remake of Martyrs that I bet that's tepid enough. Sorry, girl, all of you, that I could do it. I bet that that's like Americanized enough that it doesn't have quite the same. I don't know. Flaying is fly. I don't know if it's really going to be that different, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I don't remember hearing anything about the American remake of Martyrs as to whether or not it was good or bad. I think mm-hmm. I watched the original French version. 
which is pretty intense. Yeah. Um, I watched the American remake of Funny Games, though. I haven't seen the original, which yeah. I hear the American remake is a shot by shot remake. By I've heard that director. too. You know what's funny? So. That is like one of my dad won't watch horror, but we we had when this movie came out, they had HBO. Funny games was added just to the rotation. So like my dad's just puttering around on a Saturday, like that's what's on. And because it's what it does to you, that's this like just reels you in and like, but don't you want to see more, even though it's quake? Aren't you a little invested in this? And why? What does that say about you? The Rorschach test of it. Like he watched the whole thing to this day. If you bring up the horror genre, if ever we're talking about like a podcast I'm on or, you know, any movie I'm going to see and I'm excited about. My dad, without fail, every time. You know, I watch that Funny Games. I read about that, too. It was a remake shot for shot of something they did before. I ain't never in my life been so disgusted. And they don't, I don't think they even showed anything. I'm like, oh, you, you're, like, understanding the assignment. This is literally the point of the film. It's like this, like, you didn't even see anything. So isn't it kind of on you that it's so gross? And it's an interesting thing to talk horror with people, especially sometimes that aren't fans, because... You, you do get sort of like what they see from the ink blot, just t- dipping the toe in. But that, it, what a weird one for it to be somebody's singular exposure to the genre. <laughs> like, that was pretty intense. You just dove in deep. Yeah. 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 That, I I found it in a thrift store, the remake. So I just bought Wild. it. So oh, wow. I can't imagine it being on HBO and just like, right. you know, you just put it on one day. You're like, what's this? Oh, yep. he's a cute guy. Exactly. And it's daytime. And like, yeah, 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 I'm sure he was just like, okay, what's this? Yeah, I found out uh, right before I watched it that the remake was filmed in the town next to mine, where I grew up. Yeah, I grew up in an area where there were people that were like middle class, and then you go up on the water, and it's like... Multi-millionaires. So it's like, that's where it was filmed. It's like old Southern money and absolute poverty. And then like (laughs) this, like, sort of, I straddled the in-between. Um but yeah, there's a movie out now that has been compared to funny games. I've seen people talking on Twitter. Is it See No, See Evil? no Evil? Okay, I haven't oh, yeah. watched it. Have you watched that? I have watched it. It makes you really uncomfortable. I don't I don't know if I would compare it to funny games because there's only one part of it that's really terrible. It's like the last 15 minutes. Like nothing okay. really happens. Yeah, so, yeah. You might relate to it because it's all about these two families from two different cultures that come together, and the family that's visiting is they're trying their best to be really polite and uh-huh, the that's other what family. Kind of sounded like yeah. yeah. So yeah, interesting. I might have to check that so, out. It's it's interesting to watch once. I'll never mm-hmm. go back and watch it again. But, yeah, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? I saw Blair Witch Project in theaters. My mom went with us. I was 13, I believe. I remember the outfit that I ordered from Contempo Casuals catalog. It included some knockoff. Oh, what were the boots everybody wore? I can't even think. Doc Martens? Maybe. It was a look. That was a, it was a whole thing. But uh, we got there kind of late. We were very close to the screen, which was not great for some of my girlfriends who were having some issues with the, like, the camera jostling. I, th- I I really think that I was a little young for that movie because I wanted it to be like in your face. Like, like I just seen like The Exorcist and like these movies that I'm just like, w- I cannot believe somebody's committed these things to film. <laughs> and then to go see this, like to me, I was like, it was a little like sleepy. And like what well, now it's I totally I look at it for what it is and how like revolutionary to the found footage genre and creating that pretty much. OK, sorry, Eric, I know speaking of 
Cannibal Holocaust that created the found footage genre. But yeah, that's one that was, I think, culturally re really cool to be a part of its sort of inception. Yeah. We saw a story on the news right before we went where the like Memphis news anchor lady was like, reports are still unknown whether this is an actual, like there were still dumb little news stations being like, is it real? We'll <laughs> find out later tonight. And I'm like, see, it could be, it's like, they still don't know if it's real. So there was that really fun element to like be able to go into. Oh, okay. Totally scratch that. Cloverfield is my theater experience. Mm. Okay. I was fucking obsessed with the viral marketing to that movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh my God. Listen, I was like, <laughs> and I didn't know anybody to be like, I need to talk about this and I need somebody to be impressed with my dedication. I was on like Reddit, like, like, okay, in this thing, in this promo, it flashes to this t-shirt that says this and that's from this other show. And do you think that that's a J.J. Abrams connection? And then maybe if you put that into the website, whatever, they were like, did you go to like all like Facebook pages of the characters and there's like a slusho website and there was a website where, oh my God, it got me so bad. It's like, a, I think it was like 117 or 17, like it was like the date of release. If you just like went to that as a website, it looked like a Polaroid camera was taking photos and then they develop really slowly and flip over. So you're like really close to the screen. This is so of its era. Yeah. I'm like with my headphones on at night, like don't live alone. I'm like, what is that? Okay, it's sushi because we already know Rob's going to Japan. Okay, yes. And then what is that? And you're just like so zoned in and it's like eight minutes after you've been to the website. This huge, crazy Cloverfield monster noise just comes in loud as fuck if you have your volume up. I almost died. I almost did not make it to see that movie because the freaking viral marketing almost killed me. Just chef's kiss i i miss those days of like the scavenger hunt of shit on like myspace facebook wherever it's probably why i'm a taylor swift fan currently <laughs> i'll be honest because of the fucking easter eggs because i like a, a viral hunt but they did that so well oh, i love it i definitely remember that viral campaign and i remember like the seeing the first trailer and something oh that gosh, came online because it didn't have a title yeah it didn't have right? a title. like yeah. everything about it was so mysterious oh yeah and i remember just, maybe yeah. like Five, ten years ago, I went and I was just like Googling on YouTube about Cloverfield and um, and I just got and I opened the can of worms with the slusho connection. Yes. Like all the I uh -huh. was like, I was like, OK, three hours later. Right. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw Cloverfield on a big screen again this past August or September nice. at MoMA while they were screening it. Oh, for nice. E Eco horror. And uh I think my friends and I were a little bit too close to the screen. I'm like, I do not mm -hmm. remember the found footage aspect of this being so bad. Well, even just but on the size TVs we all have now, I watched it with a friend recently, like a normie friend who I've been slowly like, come this way. Let's watch. It's fine. It's just a monster movie. And that was hard, like in my own living room, because I don't know that I'd seen it on a screen that big because yeah. I haven't seen it. In, I just haven't seen it in years. But man, yeah, that one still hits. It's it's good. What has been your favorite horror movie of 2022? Oh, my goodness. It honestly might be Pearl, which as somebody who just went off a podcast saying, like I was on BGH last week talking about bodies, 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 which I don't know if you've seen that yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I consider like true horror. So it's it feels strange to answer with Pearl. Like mm -hmm. I feel a little <laughs> hypocritical, but the elements that were horrific in that were so 
horrific, I feel like. It's it's very almost literary in its treatment, I think. I've it that felt very comfortable to me, like almost like follows the beats of like old gothic literature and that type of storytelling, like Shirley Jackson-esque, where it's a very like like pretend everything's fine while the world's rotting around you, Grey Gardens type of scenario. That just I have a soft spot for that. And I love hair and makeup. Everything about like visually that maybe is just such a smorgasbord. So that might be my answer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I did listen to the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies episode. And I think I remember you saying, you're like, I don't think this counts as horror. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. That's, I don't even know if that's like a hot take. I remember feeling so similarly when Tucker and Dale versus Evil came out because everyone I know who like knows that I like horror was like, you have to watch this movie and don't read anything about it. And so I went into it and was just like so, too super cold. I didn't even really realize it was so heavily like comedy, like horror comedy. Um, and there's a similar twist where it's like, like there's not spoilers. I hate spoilers. Like that movie is like how many years old, but whatever. It's not like they've done it to themselves type of it thing. You know, there's not like a killer per se. And even then in a comedy setting, like I remember being like, Apparently, this is a thing I have a problem with. Like, I won't consider it horror if there's not, a, in some way, a big bad. Like, some type of, like, it can be a monster. It can be the environment. It can, whatever. But, like, there has to be, like, an actual malevolent force present. I think that maybe that is a defining factor for me, I guess, of horror. Yeah, I get that. In bodies, 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 defense, though, I think they are all malevolent forces that are coming together. That That is so. where I can see it and say it is so smartly written that I believe it is it is elevated horror in that sense. And I'm being an old school, school 80s horror fan being like, it's not horror. Get it off my lawn. And like, <laughs> I totally fully recognize that. And it's I mean, it's good. It's very well done. And I've seen it twice now and it's grown on me. I, I keep having the urge because I bought it to watch to review to watch it again. So it's it's done something. Like it's living in my my head. I think about it often. Yeah. yeah. I saw I saw it the night before it came out at a screening where a couple of the cast members and the director came out after and somebody asked, is it accurate that the only person that never lies in the movie is the older guy? And Lee the Pace, director yeah. said yes. So How interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's not um, accidental, I'm sure. Like the voice of yeah. the elder. Yeah. yeah, that's it, it has a lot to say. Like I I love movies to unpack. Like I want to be able to talk about it for like ages. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Pete Davidson. So I'm a big Pete Davidson fan <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like? This kind of goes into my I like a mediocre thriller answer, but I'm a big fan of and I never can it has such a generic name. Let me think for a moment. Oh, it's Elizabeth Banks as the mom. It's based on Turn of the Screw, Tale of Two Sisters. It's very similar. Well, I can't, the Uninvited. Okay. Yes. Which shout out Kathy of Slack and Cinemondo, which I pop in on sometimes. She was the body that was used in that graphic. So oh, like cool. I I think of it frequently because I like rewatch that maybe at least once a year. But it has a very like CW gloss to it that I enjoy. Yeah. That's like a real like comfortable spot for me. I think. I'm sure that's a product of the time I, I was raised with, like, the OC and just all these, like, kind of Hallmark, like, pretty shows about young, rich kids just, like, so sick of everything. <laughs> yeah. I did. I liked that remake because I was kind of bored during Tale of Two Sisters because I figured out the twist, right? Did you? In the beginning. 
I've never but seen I, that one. I I probably need to. It shows up on a lot of, and I think most recently that's on one of the Shutter hundred and one scariest yeah. movie moments, mm-hmm. where like every time I see it show up on something like that, I'm like, man, I gotta see this because like that looks good. Like the little bits I've seen look like really grab me. But yeah, I wonder with a movie like that where you know the twist, how much it's gonna hold up. Like yeah, you or know. you could watch it with the twist in mind and like see right and look it. for it. That's a good. Yeah. That is a good way to do that. Yeah, if you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Ooh, mm, that's an interesting. Ooh, okay, I know. The Sentinel is a '70s horror movie that my mom showed me once. I was like firmly like into horror, so it's in that time of where movies like weren't um, rated appropriately because there wasn't the NBA rating system. So my mother, who just like I don't think has, I love my mom is amazing. I had a, a great childhood. <laughs> I love you, mom. She just didn't have a great barometer for what was like age appropriate. So to her. Like, oh, this is PG or whatever, unrated, like, because it was before 80, meant it was totally fine. And that movie is horrific and so underseen. It's criminal. Um, That's one to check out if you're not scared of, like, kind of vintage horror. It's definitely dated. It's about a a model that moves into an apartment complex that is basically, like, the mouth of hell. It's got, like, real, like, Suspiria vibes. It's cool. That's what I think would be neat to see remade now. You cool. could do a lot stylistically with that. That's sort of trending in horror. Yeah, I that sounds like it could be done really well now. I'll have to mm-hmm. check it out if I can find it anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. good. All right. So my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Ooh. Mm, okay. I'm going to say, I did think about this. I knew you were going to ask this too. <laughs> and my answer is... I think, okay, I'm going to go with Sebastian Stan and Fresh. Yes. Because he's charming and engaging. And we would be in quarantine. So business, I would assume, would be paused. So he wouldn't be like harvesting me. Maybe we would just be friends and have good conversation over dinner. Nice. Oh, that's an awesome answer. And I don't think anyone's ever said that before. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet? Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, you can find me on all socials at Final Girl Scout and here and there guesting on my awesome friends, awesome shows. Okay, I'll leave links to those in the show notes. I will talk to you soon. Thanks. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Elizabeth Kyle. And thanks again to Elizabeth for coming on. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod. We're on Instagram at Who's There Podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at whostherepc at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and get boosted. Who's there?